What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken. And joining me, as always, is the man who's going to have to put a little extra money in the collection box because his family vandalized the church, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Yes, I, I finished serving with Father Gary, and I had a parishioner come up to me, on, to me on Sunday and said, I sat right behind your family, beautiful family, and their pew collapsed. And I thought, that was the noise. Here I'm standing on the altar with Father, and we hear this noise about three quarters of the way through Mass, and it sounded like somebody fell over. So what happened is we were in Mass together. The whole family was together because our godson had come to town to visit, and so we were standing, and just as we go to kneel down for the consecration, all of us in this one pew, we all sat on the edge of the pew to put our kneelers down the way that we always do, and crack the center of the pew in between the two supports cracked right on down. So what mm. that meant though, is from that moment until the end of mass, we either stood or we knelt down through the rest of the mass. And of course it was a day where there was a baptism. So there was a special prayer after communion for this new family. And it was the day that the church celebrated our marriages. And so there was another blessing after that for all of the married couples. And uh, yeah, so the kids were all really sore in the knees after all of that. And with all the other excitement, you were the most penitent people in all of the mass <laughs> kneeling because you had no seat to sit on. But having our godson there, part of the reason why everybody was back together was because he was here. He's been such an important part of our lives and in the lives of our children. Well, he's seen all of them from really the times that they were born. Because of COVID, hasn't been able to visit. So it's been a couple of years. And boy, when, when he said he was coming out, it, it took no time for all of our kids who are away to say, we're coming. So we had a big gathering. And, you know, just a, just a special to think of families that we connect with through the role of being godparents and what a blessing that has been. So it was just, just an exciting weekend for us. Uh, not to mention the fact that uh, the church is getting renovated because of it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I definitely feel bad about that. But boy, I don't feel bad about the reason why we were all there to celebrate in Mass. He came over. He had to work in Portland for the week. But he said, I'm going to come a couple of days early and I want to go to Mass with you. So I feel as godparents of this young man that we had a part in that, just being present to him and being there for his confirmation and in the years that he was in school near us and just really trying our best to be a guide. There was even a time in his life where he was living with us. It's a blessing. Our godchildren are blessings. And we as godparents, we don't have the responsibility of raising them. We just have the responsibility to love them a little bit, maybe like grandparents. It was just our responsibility to love them and to show them their faith through our own relationship. And you know, the, the value of godparents, sometimes people just kind of take that for granted, but it is such a powerful testament to the church's community response and sense of responsibility to care for uh, someone in their faith. 
And Scott, not only have we journeyed with our godchildren throughout their lives, the relationship that it creates with their parents, boy, that's even tighter. And then all of the parents of our godchildren, we have several goddaughters also, we have a real closeness to their parents. And, you know, these group of friends that we have, especially our godson Gilbert and his parents, they've really walked with us on some very difficult journeys. And we're going to share about that today. So coming up, we have an opportunity to talk with Sister Miriam James Heidlin. She has a wonderful new book out for the Lenten season. It is titled Restore, a guided Lent journal for prayer and meditation. And then after that, we'll share a little more in depth on the importance of community represented through godparent roles for extending that healing opportunity. So we have a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Stay with us. Can somebody tell me how to get things back the way they used to be? Oh God, give me no reason. I'm down a Someone recently asked me, how do you explain that Jesus did so much for people 2,000 years ago, but doesn't now? So I asked, are you letting him make a difference in you now? God has revealed all we need for happiness and peace, but we have to let his word impact the way we think if it's going to make a difference in our lives. St. Paul tells us, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Jesus told his apostles who he knew would face tremendous trials, do not let your hearts be troubled. He wasn't inviting them to receive peace. He was commanding them to claim it. Want God's word to make a difference in you? Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. It starts by not letting your hearts be troubled or given to fear, anxiety, negativity, and constant complaining. Fill your heart with gratitude, truth, beauty, goodness, and the things of God. Then, regardless of your circumstances, you'll see Jesus making all the difference in you. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. Greetings and blessings to all of you listening to Mater Day Radio. Join me, Father Gabriel Mosier, and other listeners of Mater Day Radio in this prayer of the Magnificat. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MaterDayRadio.com. The Church celebrates the Holy Family of Nazareth throughout the month of February. Join Mater Dei Radio as we unite with Jesus, Mary, and Joseph to pray for all of your family's intentions with our three daily broadcast of the Holy Mass, the Sacred Mysteries of the Holy Family in the Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, 
and our stirring spiritual reflections. We also pray for your specific intentions on Matrade Radio's prayer hotline. Our devoted team of intercessors is ready to hear from you now at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Or you can send your prayer requests through matradayradio.com and the new Hail Mary Media app. Unite with us throughout February as we pray for your family's intentions with the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph at Matrade Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Family life can be hectic, but God can be found right in the middle of it. So take a moment for this week's View from the Pew. Well, Ash Wednesday, March 2nd this year. Now, many of us will go to Mass, we'll receive our ashes, and then, well, journey through Lent and to the Easter Triduum. But how are you going to make this Lent? Well, different than every other year in the past. Well, if you follow the Lord into the depths of your heart this Lent, well, you will never be the same again. And in her new book titled Restore, Sister Miriam James Hydland will help you focus on your relationship with God yourself, and others. And for a few minutes every day of Lent, her simple guide will bring you to Easter Sunday with a heart changed. Sister Miriam is joining me today to share more about it. Hello, Sister Miriam. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be with you here today. Sister Miriam, you know, we're used to seeing you here in the Pacific Northwest. Where has your ministry <laughs> taken you for our listeners? Maybe we haven't seen you in a little while. Yeah, well, gosh, it's been 10 years since I left our mission in Seattle. So I was in Seattle for a while. I mean, I'm a Woodland, Washington girl. So I grew up mm-hmm. there, went to college, joined religious life. And then for many years, I was in Seattle at our mission. But it's been 10 years since we uh, since I left that mission. And I've been in Texas, the great nation of Texas ever since. So I travel and speak extensively across the nation. And um, right now I'm in uh, Florida helping give a priest retreat, a healing retreat for priests, which is really wonderful. So but I will be in the Pacific Northwest very soon. It's like the first weekend and week of, of Lent. So maybe I'll see here. I'm seeing your listeners there. Oh, absolutely. And we'll talk a little bit more about this. But Sister Miriam, you have a beautiful new book out and it focuses on healing during this Lenten mm-hmm. journey. Why is that an important part of Lent, the, uh, mm-hmm. the healing, the healing of ourselves and yes. our relationships? Mm-hmm. Well, that's really the foundational aspect of Lent is is bringing us into closer intimacy with Christ. So we're going to follow him into the desert. So we're not going to take ourselves into the desert. We're going to follow him into the desert. And he's going to invite us to practice some disciplines that are going to actually help reveal our heart. And so what we see in the garden, we see in the book of Genesis where Adam and Eve are in the garden with God and they are at harmony with God without themselves and others. And then we see the entrance of the serpent and we see their reception of that lie and their rupture from God. So they turn away from God. And at that moment, they're broken in three major ways. They're broken in their relationship with God, not on his end, but on theirs. They're broken within the relationship within themselves, and they're broken in their relationship with each other. And so what Lent does is Lent is actually a gift uh, from God, really. It's a time of preparation for, for Easter, which is the highest feast day of the whole year. But it's a time of preparation of where the Lord, the church gives us disciplines of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, which actually directly heal these parts of our hearts. And I, I grew up Catholic, but I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that prayer, fasting, and almsgiving were actually given to us to heal us. So prayer, prayer heals our relationship with God. Fasting heals our relationship with ourselves and it orders our loves. And almsgiving heals our relationship with each other. So we 
we can make a gift of ourselves to one another, which is the, the, the deepest desire of our, of our heart. And so the invitation of Christ uh, to come into the desert with him is an invitation to intimacy where he can help reveal our hearts so we can uh, see the places where we turn away from him, where we have idols, where we're looking for something other than God to save us, where we have unforgiveness, all the things that keep us from being fully alive in Jesus Christ. Those are the very things he wants to tend to very tenderly so he can bring us in the wholeness and communion. Sister Miriam James Heidland is joining me today. The name of her new book is Restore. It is out by Ave Maria Press. Sister Miriam, I think many of us can understand how a relationship with God needs healing. You know, if there is a traumatic experience, a trauma in our life, well, we want to blame God for it. But what does that mean to heal our relationships inside ourselves? Because I think that most people would be maybe more intimately kind of understanding of who they are and not recognizing there's something there that needs to be healed. Oh, sure. All of us, uh, you know, lack understanding. And I'm not talking about just an intellectual understanding, but a sense of in our very being of who we are as children of God and what that anointing is on our hearts, especially through baptism, that it's not just something we do when we're children and we kind of go along our way. That whole reality of covenant of God saying to us, I'm yours and you're mine. It changes everything in our life. And so all of us have fractured places where even if we haven't had, everybody's had traumas, you know, some of us had major trauma, some of us had minor trauma, places where love has been interrupted and places where the enemy, where Satan, the sniper has come to tell us lies about ourselves, places where we've suffered and we feel all alone and places like St. Paul says, where I don't do what I want to do and what I want to do, I don't do. And I don't know what to do. And we're like, amen, bro. Like we, right. we all, we all know that. And so what the Lord is doing is he's bringing us into wholeness and healing. So he's ordering our loves because all of us have places where our loves are out of order. They're inordinate or they're it's defective. And so what Jesus is doing is he's bringing us into to wholeness and truth in who we are. So then we can make a gift of ourselves because, you know, if we can't say yes to say something to something good, and we can't say no to something that is either intemperate or that would help benefit us later or something that's just flat out going to destroy us, we can see our slavery there. And we all have those places in our hearts. And so Lent helps reveal those places so we can be well. Well, the book is a wonderful resource that will really walk you through every single day of the Lenten journey, beginning right with Ash Wednesday. Kind of explain to our listeners, once they open up the pages of your book, how are they meant to use it? Because I think it's a great resource to use by yourself, but also for a great group to use it, maybe at church. Yeah, it's just really a gentle invitation into the heart of Christ. And you'll notice the questions that I ask you every day are very gentle, and it's just a continued journey with Christ. And so there's places in the journal for the journaling, or if you want to journal on your own, you can, but there's reflection questions, there's thoughts to ponder, there's a part of prayer of the mass every single day. And so what it really is, is, is like we said, an invitation for you to, to go into to depth. And so you can do a small group study. I have videos that will come out every week that you can watch by yourself or with your small group or with your parish. And just I uh, over I kind of do an overview of the week and invite you into the themes of the week and then just give you some encouragement along the way. And then the rest is really up to you and the Lord and you know what, what he's inviting you to. And so it's not as easy for us to say, well, yeah, I'll get to that later, or that's not such a big deal. But when we start to really sit with these places, we, we see that they're much greater than we thought. And the Lord is not you know caught off guard by that. He's not dismayed. And, and he would love he would love to encounter us there because his heart is that on Easter Sunday, you and I are different than we were on Ash Wednesday. And right. that's the whole point. It's not, it's not just about giving up Cheetos or like Instagram or whatever. Fine. Those things are important. And we, and we must, if that's something in your life that God is calling you to give up, but it's so much more than just the surface level of giving up. It's about a complete transformation of our hearts. And that's a daily journey for the rest of our life. 
Well, I know in recent years we've been focusing on in our faith that we give something up. And in response to that, we also do something. And one of those things that you mm-hmm. can do was definitely walk through your Lenten journey with the Sister Miriam's new book, Restore. Again, it is out by Ave Maria Press. Sister Miriam, I can't let uh, our discussion go, though, without talking about this beautiful book and Valerie Delgado and the illustrations mm-hmm. that come along with this. She seems to have really captured through all of the different illustrations what you're trying to get at and how Christ is almost yearning to come after us constantly uh, in these beautiful images. Kind of tell our listeners about your illustrator. Sure. Yeah. So Valerie did the illustrations for the Advent version of this, which is called Adore. And also then um, my particular uh, version of Lent, which is called Restore. And, and she really captured both very beautifully. And it's, you know, art is another way that the Lord speaks to us. It gives mm-hmm. us a visual representation versus just the written word or the spoken word. And so there's so many ways that the Lord invites to beauty. And it, it is our desire that just through the art, just through the simple artwork, as you journey through, you might find yourself in one of the paintings, or you might find yourself in the scene and just to spend time with the Lord there and notice his gestures, notice his kindness, notice his attentiveness, and just to see how that speaks to your heart. So we are all about every way the Lord comes to <laughs> bring us his beauty and his healing and his transformation. And it's all important. Oh, and you've thought of it all and you've brought it together in the book, in the illustrations, and also those beautiful videos that again, will accompany you through. Well, Sister Miriam, remind our listeners where they're going to be able to get access to your new book, Restore. Sure. You can find Restore at AveMariaPress.com. Um, you could probably also find it on Amazon, hopefully in your local bookstore. It's there as well. And so, like we said, you can do it by yourself. You can do it with a small group. You can join your parish, a women's group, men's group. It's, it's really for anybody and everybody, no matter what phase you are in your spiritual life. It's really an invitation for you. And, and like we said, I'll have videos every week that will come out on Ave Maria Press's YouTube channel and uh, just as an overview. And yeah, my, my heart is that you encounter Jesus, that you come to know him, not just to know about him. But my heart is that you come to know him in a new way this Lent. And if that happens, that's mission accomplished. Oh, absolutely. Well, Sister Miriam, I am so thankful for your time today. But as you said in the beginning, well, we do get an opportunity coming up to see you. You're going to be at Christ the King with Monsignor Sayak coming up Sunday through Mm -hmm. Tuesday. So we are definitely looking forward to you uh, when you come then. And then also maybe an Mm -hmm. evening up in uh, Washington. Yes, I'll be at Monsignor Sykes Parish the 6th, 7th, and 8th. So my, uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday evening, uh, I think at 7 p.m. You could probably find more information about their webs on their website. It's a be, it'll be a parish mission. And then I will be giving an evening of reflection at St. Mary's Parish in Richfield, Washington on Thursday, March 10th. And that will begin, I believe, at 7 p.m. as well. So you are most welcome to come and join us and see what the Lord wants to say to you in those oh, places. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so very much. We are excited to have you return to the Pacific Northwest, Sister Miriam. Thank you for your time today. Before we go, will you end us in prayer? Sure. I'd be delighted to. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, Jesus, we, we thank you for the kindness of your love. We thank you for a love that never fails us, that is unconditional, and that continues to seek us. Jesus, I pray that you would cover each one of us in your precious blood in a special way this Lenten season, that you would bring to the altar of our hearts all the places that you wish to speak to us about, places that you wish to bring to wholeness and communion. We ask that you would fill us anew with a spirit of hope, a spirit of encouragement, a spirit of courage. And your love, your tender love, Lord, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would lead us and guide us, that you would gently illumine us, that you would inspire us as we make this Lenten journey into the desert with you. And we ask you, Mother Mary, that you would intercede for us as your children, 
that you as our mother would tenderly just care for us and speak to us of your mother's love. And we make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And again, that is Sister Miriam James Heidland. The name of the book is Restore. It is out by Ave Maria Press. I will be sure to add a link to where you can get to Ave Maria Press and purchase a copy for yourself. I'll add that link to the podcast of this interview at materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. You say I am was such a blessed opportunity to talk to Sister Miriam. You know, when I was working at the Catholic bookstore in Vancouver, there were a couple of occasions where Sister Miriam came in with her mother because, well, she's just a local girl who is doing amazing things for the Lord right now. And as we were talking about that healing, boy, it is amazing how she talks about how traumatic experience in our lives are meant to transform us for the better if we'll allow it. And boy, being able to be godparents to the children and being close to their parents, well, all of us together journey through hard times. And that was the case for the parents of our godson. Just to touch on what you had started with, with Sister Miriam, we've known her for for years, her mom uh, for years as well, our family. And and you said that she's now been in Texas for 10 years. It's just hard to imagine because we consider her you know, a local Washington Seattle archdiocesan person. Right. And, and now she's a religious and now she's uh, been in Texas for so long. Uh, yeah. With regard to, to the experience we had with uh, our godson and our goddaughter who come from this, this family that we are so attached to, like we mentioned uh, in times of healing, when we were uh, just utterly broken by the loss of our first child, God placed them in our lives. And I can't say it more emphatically that they were placed as gently as could be by the community that we were in when we were so lost to that, to that numbness that we experienced. And here this family comes in and embraces us and we stay in God's embrace through them. And we become their godparents. They become godparents of our children. Uh, and that continuation of faith in the midst of what would otherwise be a what a society might consider a hopeless situation, we were able to find ground again to stand on firmly in our faith and our, in our marriage and survive that. How, how oftentimes the loss of a first child is such a devastation to a marriage, mm-hmm. right? And yet by the grace of God, through this family, whose godparent connections we have on both sides for them and us. We were able to come through that with hope and with a stronger marriage and a stronger family. Scott, I don't think we have shared previously on View from the Pew our story and our journey to really from when we got married to where we are now. But when we had our first child, her name was Leanne. And just prior to her birth, I was very heavily pregnant. She died and it was from an umbilical cord accident. Then we had our daughter, Alyssa, who is now married. 
And then in between Alyssa and our next daughter, Amanda, we had another loss, a daughter who had a birth defect that we didn't know about, uh, and she was not able to survive that. And through all of that, we were in this little church in Northern California in Humboldt County. And this community was largely a Portuguese community that was there at the church. And then our friends, Gilbert and Betty, were there. They just, they didn't know who we were, but they were there to support us in this church. And the more that we got to know our friends, well, they just let us love their children. And it was really transformative for us. It allowed us to heal our own broken hearts, to be able to pour that love onto children in our arms that were going to be so closely connected to us for the rest of their lives. I don't think, but by the grace that God poured out upon us, upon this community that embraced us, that allowed us to heal. And now we look at our lives and even through those tragedies, We allowed that tragedy to transform us, and we are in a place so much deeper, especially within our own faith and you within your diaconate, that had we not gone through that, well, we wouldn't be the people that we are now, and we probably would not have the children that we have now. And you know, the time of year that Leanne passed, it was right around the Lenten Easter season, and to, to know that now and to look back in reflection, particularly on hearing Sister Marion's great uh, descriptions of what can be, uh, really come to rest deeply within me as we have this discussion, because it is truly within the faith. And I've told my godchildren, whose parents we, are, we became friends with at that moment, that it's your mom and dad who saved us in our time of need. And so as we enter into this Lenten season, perhaps you are going through a traumatic experience. Maybe you've experienced tragedy in your own life. Allow yourself to embrace that tragedy. Allow it to transform your heart. I think that Sister Miriam's book would be a wonderful resource. And allow yourself to go through this Lent. So as she says in the book, so when we enter that Holy Week and we experience a renewed spiritual life in the resurrection of our Lord on Easter Sunday. Let your own heart be resurrected and uh, look at this year with new eyes and a new heart. Scott, before we go, will you end us in prayer? Yes. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the life that we have, the good and the bad, for we don't know the details, but we know you do. And we trust in you the best we can with all of our brokenness, with all of our need for healing. This Lenten season, we enter into it with great hope that what you bring us will be something rich and overflowing as you promise in those who have faith in your father. We ask all this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless and have a great week. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.